the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. We talk about the stock market for sure. Who wants to talk about the stock market? I do, I do. We could talk about the Trump administration. I'm not going to say crazy days because that kind of puts it in the wrong perspective. It just, it's, it's interesting to say the least. Um, I know what's good and bad. He sounds. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna leave it at that. So, eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Got to pull up a couple emails here real quick. You've got mail. Yeah. Oh, new computer. Give me a second. I'm, There's uh, a letter in your today. mailbox. Okay, that's enough. So. Okay. Yeah, work computer went down today. Um, so, tech stocks have been outperforming recently. And that's all good and fine. But sometimes you want financials to do well. Sometimes you want healthcare to do well. On occasion, you want oil to do well. You kind of want everything to work a little bit. The S&P 500 has recently been running higher. But it ran into some technical resistance right around 2800 when we started hearing some of the tariff talk coming out of the Trump administration and restrictions on China, steep tariffs and investment restrictions on China. And then you hear a little bit about a M&A no-go between a Chinese company and a U.S. tech company, kiboshed by the president. You could probably expect China to say similar thoughts. So retail sales data out of China has been held out as a source of future support. Positive. Um, How do they interact going forward as consumers of American goods? Question mark. And Wall Street can deal with the demon known. I got four broken legs. Really? I can deal with that. What we can't deal with is... Are there fractures? Are there like micro breaks? Uh, is it going to be six years to get recovered? Is is there damage to the uh, ligaments? Wall Street can deal with any any truth. It's it's the demons unknown that get to us. I think that's fair in life itself too, right? Retail sales in the United States came out, and consumer price index consumer price index didn't show any worrisome pass through effects from rising producer prices. So that's good. Not no a lot no a lot of inflation. I know you're saying, were you schooled by monkeys or hyenas? No no a lot of inflation. Not a lot of inflation in the numbers, which 
again, kind of gives the market a little bit of a breather and says, you know, the Fed doesn't have to raise interest rates, you know, every moment of every day of every week of every report. So um, that's nice. Uh, A lot of people are kind of predicting the beginning of the end for this bull market uh, when the 10-year Treasury hits right around 3%, which it's expected to this year, currently at 2.83%. Um, so we'll keep an eyeball on that gold, silver, uh, not a lot doing in the last few years, retail sales, in the United States falter bit, uh, but not a lot of inflation. Um, so that's kind of out there as far as stories of the day. Um, <clears throat> what else do I really want to hit on? If I may really hit on something else, um, I got an interesting email from someone who basically said, I'm in my 30s and I've had kind of a financial setback. A financial disaster is what was used. And when you think about your being in your 30s or your 40s or your 50s, you kind of think about it kind of big picture, don't you? Like, what's a financial setback for someone in their 30s versus in their 40s or in their 20s? For In my 20s, it was like if a car died on me and I had to go scrounge money for a car. But most people say a job loss is probably the number one thing that causes financial security issues. Then it could be bad financial decisions or stock market loss or earning less in your lifetime than you expected. Um, Earning less than you expected is is a big one. That that covers probably all your 30s, all your 40s, and all your 50s. And um, we kind of have this lesson in our head that things you know, won't go wrong. So why should I prepare for something to go wrong if it's not going to go wrong? And that's the people who run into the biggest problems when they do have something like a job loss. Um, So they don't have a plan. Working with an advisor to create a financial plan can help you take steps to work towards big goals, making savings for things easier. For instance, you know, I just talked about some of the things that cause financial disasters. Let's talk about some things that you should start thinking about in your twenties. You should start thinking about buying a home and putting together a down payment, have a plan, have a bank account that you nickname cutely. You nickname your car, you nickname your lover cupcake or something like that. You nickname your, your pooch. Why not nickname your savings accounts? And it could be my first home. And you start saving in that. So therefore, if there's ever a disaster, you're like, well, I'm going to go take the money from my bank account. And then you look at the account, it says, my first home. And you're like, I can't take that. That's so cute. So you get ready for disasters by getting ready for your goals. And I can name my goals in my lifetime. And there's not that many, surprisingly. I want to be able to retire at some point in time and not work till the day I die. I want to do more and longer travel to more absurd places. Um, I don't need to see the Sphinx. looks like a dusty rock to me. But I would like to see some stuff in Thailand, some of the beaches. I'm a beach guy when it comes right down to it, um, as far as vacations go. But, okay, yeah, so you have to write down things that you're going to have to save money for because things are expensive. Buying a home. Um, But you have to write it down. Writing it down makes it true. I once carved my initials into a tree. 
I loved a girl named Julie something. Let's say Bowen. It's not right. Um, but I put RB plus JB. And when she saw it, when she saw it, she was horrified. <laughs> Probably called the police. Um, so you, you want to save money for home. You want to save money in case you're going to change jobs. I've got a friend right now that his wife wants to, in her mid-40s, go back to school to become an interpreter, sign language. And my only negative on that is that's a little bit late to be spending money to become qualified at something unless you plan to do it to like your 60, 70, 80 kind of thing, which you could. Um, but you want to save money for a child. You want to save money for a marriage. You want to save money potentially to move. You should have little buckets that you're, little accounts, little, little thoughts that you're always saying, okay, some of my money's going to go to some of these things so that if there is a disaster, I've already got it kind of like set up. So it helps to have an emergency fund of two months to six months. It helps to have goals. And then you can overcome almost any disaster that happens, like a job loss. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I believe 2018 is going to see the year of the first company worth $1 trillion. No way. I think this is going to be an interesting year. I think it looks like oil moves higher. It looks like interest rates move slightly higher. I think there will be a push and a rush to push real estate higher because some of the new tax laws favor owning real estate as an investment. I know you're saying, sweet, I own real estate. Or you're going, oh, no, I don't own any real estate. I'm never going to own real estate now. I was waiting for that pullback. Elsewhere in the world of 2018 and what we can expect. I'm trying to give you kind of my my outlook, my big predictions, my thoughts on 2018. The Internet of Things, like I was telling you when we last left off, I have a Nest thermostat. I've got a Nest uh, smoke detector. The smoke detector is 130 bucks, and it's expensive because the smoke detector is 10 bucks. So that's not inf- that's not deflationary. That's inflationary. I'm spending more on smoke detectors. But I'm also feeling more connected. And for some reason, that's important, i.e. it's been well marketed to me. We've witnessed the proliferation of smart speakers, smart devices, a lot of do-it-yourself security systems. These are all tied towards the Internet of Things, where we're, we're wiring into our wireless network, or we're dialing into our wireless networks products that we don't have to. But we are. Google and others are going to follow Amazon and, you know, really push the smart speaker. I know Google owns Nest, and Nest owns that thermostat company that I was talking about. Um, And during the holiday period, if you bought either a thermostat or a smoke detector, they gave you a really cheap $35 Amazon device to kind of compete with Amazon's Echo. And I plugged it in, and it's, you know, Google's all about search. Amazon's all about shopping. And Siri and Apple are all about music and and videos, in my opinion. And Google's a little bit, but you get the idea. The smart speaker, smart speaker, speaker's not a word. Speaker's a word. Use English, Rob. The smart, 
speaker market and Apple's Air HomePod will be introduced this year. Are we excited for it? They've been seen out in the wild. In 2018, Google, the e-commerce giant's chief competitor in the U.S. smart speaker market, is going to launch its own screen-equipped smart speaker. Smart speaker. Smart speaker. So Google's going to come out with a video screen, just like Amazon has a video screen that you can talk to. And there's a commercial out that's like, oh, I'm trapped in the garage. Oh, I got to call my wife. She's back in the bedroom. People shouldn't get trapped in the garage. And if they do, they should die from the weather, in my opinion. Uh, that just should be kind of a law of nature. <laughs> but smart speakers and smart video screens uh, are going to come out. So you should go Google YouTube an AT&T commercial from the 1980s that has Tom Selleck in it where AT&T was predicting the future. And it's pretty fantastic, because now that we're talking about Amazon, Facebook, Google, um, and Apple, and are they monopolies or not, AT&T was in monopoly. And they're like, Tom Selleck, and I'll do my best Tom Selleck voice. One day you'll be on the beach and be able to pick up your phone from your granddaughter. Like, we didn't have wireless phones back in the 80s. Whoa! No way! And AT&T knew that was coming. And they got broken up. Nanny, nanny, nanny. You're going to see companies like Samsung, Facebook, and Baidu. They're all going to come out with smart speakers and smart television screens or screens, video screens that we can call each other on. But Apple's going to be a, a winner. We know that. Google and Amazon, are they going to win over the long term? One of them will. Because there's always going to be an Apple crowd and a we like the other product crowd. So anyway, um, the iPad, the Apple TV, uh, their screens and like the face tech time technology, not the FaceTime, but the face unlocking security that's going to be built into iPads in 2018. It's going to be built into the computers in 2018. That's what Apple does. They standardize in 2018. More than 50 million new smart home devices will ship in the United States alone. That's because these devices are often overpriced Tech companies really want to get them out as fast as they can. Um, it creates a fragmented ecosystem that they're trying to win a piece of over a long term. And you're like, well, I've already got my thermostat, so I'm just going to stay with this brand. Or I already got my speaker, I'm going to stay with this brand. I already got my television, so I'm going to stay with this brand. So right now there's a big push to get you to buy Internet of Things connected devices. Amazon and Google make it simple for users to incorporate devices like smart light bulbs. I have not bought into the smart light bulb push. I know people who have, and they say it is a game changer. I have not bought into the connected door lock. I still like the old-fashioned key. Call me crazy. Call me maybe. But will I buy into the, the connected door lock? Hell yeah, I will. I know it. You know it. I'm a, I'm a sucker for these things. You had me at hello. Or you had me at okay, Google. Um... So Google, Apple, Amazon, Samsung, they know once they get into the world of your home, it's tough to pull it out. Do you think we're going to go from a wireless speaker to, oh, I'm going to go get the wires, and I'm going to run this positive cable into that, and I'm going to put the negative cable here, and uh, let me send it back to my, my subwoofer and back to my amp, and it's never going to happen. We get into routines, and routines make these companies billions of dollars. Smart speakers, 
the market's going to stratify based on local languages. That's kind of an interesting thought. Amazon sold over 10 million Echo devices. Google, Microsoft, Sonos, and others have sold millions more. Amazon and Google in particular are looking to leverage their success in the U.S. to grab a share of the large, digitally savvy markets like China and Western Europe. So you don't even stop to think about that. But like in 2017, Google came out with uh, AirPods, the Bluetooth pods that you could put in your ear, and it could translate languages on the fly. It does a good job, not a great job. So don't forget with Amazon, Google, Microsoft, Google, uh, Sonos, and Apple all trying to get part of the U.S. market, in China and Western Europe, there's different companies. There's companies like T-Mall and Alibaba. Um, Alibaba's got a device called the T-Mall Genie, a smart speaker powered by a Mandarin voice assistant available in its home market. They're building them into grocery stores. They're building them into retail stores. Smart speakers are more than just your home. And some countries are developing uh, domestic players of their own to compete ultimately in the international market with the Amazon, Googles, and Apples. You're going to see a low-power, wide-area network. Low-power, wide-area network. What the heck does that mean? We're going to talk about that after two to three minutes of commercial time. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Talking 2018 and more. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I like Wall Street Journal. Um, I like New York Times. Um, I think that's the best place to start. If you want to do things like LA Times, just be very, very careful. I see a lot of situations where there's people that look like experts that maybe they're not experts. Maybe they're consumer advocates, and maybe they're not even consumer advocates. Maybe they're journalists who become consumer advocates, who become investment advisors. I want you to use credit cards and make them work for you instead of the other way around. There's an overwhelming debt problem in the United States, and it's something you should avoid. We use loans for cars or appliances or groceries. You want to use loans for things like houses and cars, not for things like groceries and movies. And you don't want your credit card to become, you know, a lender per se. You want to pay it off every month. Debt is bad. No, debt's not bad. The wrong type of debt is bad. Student debt and home debt, I think. I find to be attractive. So, but common knowledge for most of us, as long as we can remember, debt is bad. And that's unfortunate. Especially if you graduated recently from college and you graduated into a bad job market in 2007, 8, 9, 10. And slowly but surely, the economy got better. But when you don't have a job, you are in trouble if you are carrying debt. You need to watch that one very, very closely, in my opinion. And again, uh, I'm not the end-all, be-all, and I know that. I'm not trying to be in any way, shape, or form. So anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. The no-debt blanket is a bad one. And if you hear someone talk about that, they don't know what they're doing with finances. 
Um, I think it's important to have a good credit score. I think there's good apps out there like Credit Karma. I think you should do be proactive about your credit and check out annualcreditreport.com. It's annualcreditreport.com. Let's say you buy a car for $20,000. I think you should check, you know, I once had a car dealer. This pissed me off. They're like, you want to use our financing? We can get you 1.9%. I'm like, you know, I haven't had a revolving line of credit in a while. So sure, let's let's do that. And I was going to probably pay it off over 12 months, pay an extra 1.9%. I wasn't too offended by that. I was doing it to kind of like stay physically active in my credit. And this, <laughs> he ran my credit through like five banks. And he's like, oh, I can't get the 1.9%. So how many credit inquiries did I have? Five. So every time you do a hard inquiry, anytime you go into a store and they, you know, check your credit, that hurt that, that dings you because it's showing the world of creditors that you are looking to borrow money. And that can be a bit of a problem. Because the more you do it, the more the creditors are like, why is it getting turned down five times? Um so I think that's Something that's out there. Something that's out there for sure. So, anyway, let's get back to talking about stock, talking about investments, talking about ideas. Um, let's see, what do I want to throw out? I always, I always like the stories where billionaires drive cheap cars. I don't really want to see a billionaire in a Bugatti. Jeff Bezos is, you know, an incredible frugal spender. Um, he first, you know, he upgraded his Chevy Blazer to a Honda Accord when he got rich. Frugality is one of those characteristics, traits that come from good leadership principles, in my opinion. I don't get extravagance, not in when we live in the world we live in. You know, uh, a 1987 Chevy Blazer, uh, that's pretty much a dream car for a lot of people, and it works. Um, you know, what I want is a, I want to drive like a forklift. There's vehicles that I want to drive. I don't want to drive a Bugatti. I have no interest in a Bugatti. If I could drive a forklift up and down 101, I'd be a pretty happy dude. I know you're saying, what's wrong with you? Oh, one of the stories that, uh, I have to throw out and talk about because when I was growing up, GE was a prized investment. I think my dad even owned some GE. I never really got to watch what my dad owned because money was kept, kept private back then. But a lot of people question GE's ability to stay relevant. There's a coming cash squeeze from GE and growing debt pressures. It might be in GE's best interest to raise equity capital sooner while that stock is elevated. So there's some analysts saying they should raise money. They should go to the debt markets and um, issue shares. And if you are a shareholder, that's going to dilute you. GE has gotten into bad times. I throw that out there again because there was a point in time where GE could do no wrong. Like, no wrong. Bitcoin has been in the news a lot in 2018. 2016, not so much. 2017, why did it have a big rise? Cryptocurrency enthusiasts. 
um, are out there. They're out there. There's a crypto coin rapper. I can't play his music because it's got too many dirty words in it. But there's a crypto coin raptor, rapper, like singer. I know. Some of the stuff you can't make up. That tells me it's a little bit silly. Now, that doesn't mean you can't make money in a little bit silly. We are a nation that has embraced a little bit silly. We've invested in things like Pokemon cards, baseball cards. You hear the story every now and then about some guy's mother dies and he goes home and gets in the attic and he finds like a Pete Rose original worth $92,000. A rookie card that's in perfect condition. Oh, you know how many mothers have thrown away awesome investments? Comic books that you know the kid read when he was a kid. It went up in the attic or it went down in the basement. Some of it goes to crap because it molds, but some of it stays pretty relevant. So comic books and trading cards. And what other dumb things have we invested in? Pokemon cards and well, Beanie hey, Babies. Yeah. Remember Beanie Babies? That wasn't that long ago, though. You would have had to go on Beanie Baby to get your kid a, a – he had to have a Beanie Baby for Christmas. And you would go on eBay – and you're like, wait, this costs nine, $19 in retail, and it's selling for $2,000? I guess if you can get people to pay it, you know? Um, but that, again, it, it kind of reminds me of how stupid we could be. So be cautious. I'm not trying to make you feel bad when I say be cautious. History has shown that when someone takes the blame for a government shutdown, it doesn't translate into election losses. Washington is in a tizzy trying to figure out which parties to blame on a regular basis, which parties to blame about higher debt, which party to blame about government shutdown, which party to blame about um, rising gun violence. Republicans say if you own a gun, it cuts down on violence because, well, someone's afraid of you. Might be, you might, they might pick a fight with the wrong person. Democrats say the, hands, the gun might get into the wrong hands. Gun theft in the United States is a big, big problem. But the political parties blaming each other, also a pretty big problem. Have you ever played with WhatsApp? WhatsApp is one of those apps that Facebook acquired. And when they did it, it was kind of crazy because WhatsApp had very, very few employees, and they acquired them for $19 billion. One of the nice things about WhatsApp and messaging, messaging is going to be a big story in 2018, as Companies are trying to get you to see their business model without necessarily opening their business model. And WhatsApp was pretty infectious. Um, you didn't necessarily have to miss a call anymore, and it was on your phone. So, um, but $19 billion Facebook throughout. One of the original founders sold $2.3 billion in Facebook stock as WhatsApp hit 1.3 billion users. Can you imagine coming up with an app? A communication app and it's worth $19 billion and you have 20 employees. Not too shabby. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. We're talking Rome, people. We're talking gladiators. We're talking about the fall of the greatest civilization in the world. Whoa. San Francisco is going to try to stop the electric scooter invasion by placing limits on how many each startup can rent out. Say what? I know. Wait, wait. I'm just getting used to bike lanes being green and noticeable. 
I'm not quite sure if a bus can be in a bike lane, if a bike can be in a bus lane. I'm not sure on some things like that. So I'm still playing catch up on all this. When did the electric scooter thing blow up like it did? Well, the answer is this year. And people who are listening to Rob Black and Your Money across the nation right now are laughing. What do you mean you have an electric scooter problem? We have an electric scooter problem. Some companies like Bird, Lime Bike, and Spin are scooter startups. I can't make this up! And they've raised hundreds of millions of dollars in venture capital between them. Wait, wait. Scooters. Scooter startups have raised hundreds of millions of dollars. We've run out of things to raise money for, and we don't like asking tough questions. You've got to be kidding me. The vehicles are dockless, and this is where it becomes a problem. Dockless? As in no docks? That's right. So when you're done with a scooter, you just leave it wherever the freaking fragging you want to leave it. Right. People don't know where to leave them. Do you leave them in a tree? Do you leave them in the street? Do you leave them on the sidewalk? Do you leave them with a homeless person? Behave yourself. I'm not making this up. I can't. So San Francisco, in order to kind of like say, we got to get our sidewalks back, has said, you know, the pay-as-you-go scooter services, bird, line, bike, and spin, we're only going to allow you to have so many on the road or on the sidewalks. There's going to be a permitting system and a pilot program. San Francisco wants the, the bike startup companies, not even bikes, mind you, the scooters. We don't know how to monitor them. Since three scooter companies currently operating in San Francisco, 1,500 would be allowed at any given time under the proposed limits. Bird, one of the companies that I was mentioning, who is a scooter startup, has more than 1,600 scooters. So right there, they would be pairing them back business. It's funny because the company has added 32,000 riders since Bird launched in San Francisco in March. So you get 32,000 riders, 1,600 scooters, and you're like, whoa, this is pretty profitable. And again, San Francisco and the Bay Area can solve problems that we didn't know were problems. Can't possibly get out of the house. Don't worry about it. We'll bring groceries to you. We'll bring food to you. Grubhub, we'll bring it all to you. But the fact that you can leave scooters wherever the f- you want, it's a problem. And how does San Francisco deal with this? San Francisco city attorneys... Slapped each of the companies with cease and desist letters last week's. Residents who live in the Bay Area or who live in San Francisco have been vandalizing scooters in enough effort to deface them or to keep them off the road entirely. I don't like the idea of just leave it wherever you want. That seems both dangerous and wrong. Do I get the need for a scooter startup? I don't. So I needed a scooter once in my life. I went and bought it. But then I guess you have to store it, and people don't like storing stuff anymore, right? That's the story that we're sticking to. Facebook crushed numbers. Congratulations to Facebook. I bring that up. I bring that up because of all you losers. All you losers said, we're going to drop Facebook. We're not going to use Facebook. Facebook is evil. Delete Facebook. Jim Carrey. The mask. Not so much. The social media company. Who let your data slip, your private data slip into the hands of terrorists and bandits and pirates. Said that, you know, people who are logging into Facebook at least once a month 
hit 2.2 billion as of March, up 13% year over year. That's growth of 70 million monthly active users, up 13%. Pretty impressive. Now, the quarter is obviously 90 days, and the scandal hit in the last 30 of the 90 days. So it's a little bit impossible to say if people have cut back or not, truly. Um, Some people would expect the amount of engagement to go down, obviously would sync with the amount of data that was lost on some level. But first quarter revenue at Facebook jumped to almost $12 billion, $11.97 billion. Whoa. Income rose to $4.99 billion, despite facing important challenges. You know, we have a basic responsibility uh, to protect people's data. And if we can't do that, then we don't deserve to have the opportunity to serve people. That's right, Jack. Facebook began running a one-minute spot promising to do better jobs of protecting user privacies and conquering all privacy issues. That's right, Jack. The ad's going to run on TV and in movie theaters through July. They've done a mea culpa. Is it enough? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget, when I have a seminar coming up, you can use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. RADIO25 to get in for free. Take a break here. Find me at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.